0: Welcome back to reliving the war, it's the 9th of September 1996 and we're going to watch WWF Raw and WCW Nitro to see which show was the best. WCW Nitro is live tonight from Columbus Ohio, while the world wrestling federation are still showing taped matches from Wheeling West Virginia. Something I just want to point out from the get go here is that many times, the commentators on Nitro actually won't announce where Nitro is being held, and also, there's no lower third to let us know either, it's weird, but it seems like sometimes, world championship wrestling were embarrassed to announce where the show was being held. Anyway, as always, let's look at the first 60 minutes of Monday Nitro. Tony and Larry talk about the giant joining the new world order last week. It's announced that Hogan Hall and Nash will need a fourth man for the war games match at fall brawl, but that fourth man will not be the giant, seeing as the big man is taking on Randy Savage at the pay per view. Goldberg's music then plays in the (laughs) arena… And out walks Pat Tanaka. Tanaka vs Super Kolo is our opening contest, and the ending was kinda crazy. It looks like Kolo was supposed to reverse a top rope move with a crossbody, but Tanaka doesn't let go of his opponent. It ends up looking more like a pile driver, but Kolo still gets the victory. Mean Gene then gets an interview with Rick Steiner, Steiner will face Lex Luger a little later on, and the dogface gremlin talks about Nick Patrick's awful officiating last week, Steiner knows he can beat Lex Luger, but Luger shows up to say that he thinks otherwise. The NWO then advertised their t-shirts in a pre-taped promo, this would turn out to be one of the best selling shirts in wrestling history. And then… courtesy of wcw pro for all this time weeks and weeks episode after episode sitting here and waiting for this sub-zero shitbag to debut on nitro and he shows up on wcw pro what a joke what Jokes aside, why on earth would they even announce the Glacier debuted on Pro? Why not just keep quiet about it and let him walk out on Nitro as if nothing happened? I recorded a watch along for my Patreon supporters watching the previous episode of WCW Saturday Night and the Glacier WCW Pro debut was also announced there, have a look. Oh shit! What the fuck? Glacier debuts… what? What? Yeah, that caught me by surprise. Months of waiting for a WCW pro debut. There's nothing wrong with debuting on a B or a C show, but the problem arises when you show me hype videos every single week, telling me that my world is about to change and blood is gonna run cold and… I hate it, I I hate it so much. Glacier has not even shown up yet on Nitro and already I'm sick of this warmth deprived dickbag. Buy a fucking heater Glacier, wear a scarf, the Amazing French Canadians, no, not the Quebecers, it's the Amazing French Canadians, had a match with the Nasty Boys next, Jacques Rougeau and leather jacket thief Pierre having their first WCW match of 1996, and what do you know, they jobbed out the knobs and sags. Gene Okerlund gets an interview with the Nasty Boys afterwards, they promote their upcoming match with Harlem Heat at Fall Brawl. Scott Norton then defeated Craig Pittman when Ice Train came out to throw in the towel. Norton had a reverse armbar locked in and yeah, it sucked. Mean Gene is then backstage with Lex Luger and the horseman. Sting hasn't shown up to the building yet and double A is getting a little anxious. Lex Luger says Sting is on the way, there's nothing to worry about, all is fine, and Sting isn't gonna let down team WCW. Juventud Guerrero defeated Joe Gomez in a very short matchup. Hoovey won the bout with his springboard corkscrew splash. Mean Gene then continued his interrogation of Nick Patrick next, Okerlund wants to know why Patrick called for a DQ last week during the tag team bout, and Nick says he's just following the rules, right down to the letter. Gene again mentions that Patrick has been seen with a few new cars and a new rolex watch, and Patrick says he's gonna take Gene to court for these slanderous accusations. Outside the arena, the NWO are placing flyers on cars while Ted DiBiase speaks to someone inside the NWO's limousine. The giant, the outsiders and Hogan are all outside, so now we begin to wonder who is Ted DiBiase speaking to? The first matches on Nitro here were nothing special at all, but the possibility of a new NWO member getting revealed is our hook here, but I would have been tempted to switch over to raw if I'm honest, so yeah, the unopposed point goes to raw this week. Lex Luger vs Rick Steiner is our next match on Nitro while the WWF opens up with Farouk vs Savio Vega. During the entrances on WWF Raw, we learned that Shawn Michaels will cut a promo inside the ring later tonight, and our main event is going to be… wow, just wow. Salvatore Sincere taking on The Undertaker. Mega Man vs. Savio Vega is another IC title tournament matchup. Remember, it was Farouk who injured Ahmed Johnson in storyline, so Farouk has a key role to play in this whole tournament. The two men trade strikes before Farouk grabs a side headlock, block. It stays in for an extended period of time before Vega takes a shoulder block, sending him straight to the mat. Vega tries to make an early comeback, but Farouk grabs Savio out of a crossbody attempt, going on to dump Vega right in front of Sonny. She's loving every second of this so far. I'm glad someone is. Savio then begins firing up before getting whipped into the corner. He manages to get a boot up, and Farouk takes a standing spinning heel. Kick, it only gets Savio a two count. Farouk comes straight back with a massive spine buster, Savio gets absolutely rocked while Farouk continues to look extremely confident. We come back from commercial break and we have a… chin lock applied in the middle of the ring, Savio gets up, he goes for a sunset flip but Farouk doesn't go down, Mega Man misses a punch to the face and Savio follows up with a dropkick, Farouk is not letting Savio capitalise though, a headbutt puts Vega down and… it's another chin lock… Don't tell me I need to make a Farouk chinlock soundbite because believe me, I will. Sonny helps Farouk get a little leverage and when the two men get back to their feet, Savio is able to bring Farouk down with an arm drag followed by a few punches but again, the momentum gets halted by our blue roman gladiator. Farouk is simply better than Savio Vega tonight. Vega tries to steal a victory with an inside cradle but this just pisses Farouk off. Vega takes a body slam but Farouk misses a follow up diving headbutt. A big boot gives Vega a little hope but Farouk silences the audience with a high impact clothesline. (sighs) MEGA MAN FAROUK CHIN Savio fights out but Farouk comes back with a headbutt to the back, we then see the dominator and that's all she wrote, Farouk advances in the tournament where he'll face psycho sid in the next round. Sonny pretty much says afterwards that sid won't be a problem and then sid comes to the ring, Farouk and psycho sid have a stare down and referees come down to break the two men up and i'm actually looking forward to seeing this match, it should be pretty interesting. We then see clips from action zone where superstars send their best wishes to ahmed johnson, but steve austin says he looks forward to ahmed coming back so he can rack his other kidney, Brilliant. jerry lawler says that he heard ahmed needs a kidney transplant and the donor is going to be jake the snake roberts. Lex Luger and Rick Steiner start their match off with a friendly handshake as the commentators want to know where Sting is, the stinger still hasn't shown up to the arena and people are getting worried. Wrist locks get traded in the ring before Steiner hits a headlock takedown, Lex gets a foot on the bottom rope. A standing side headlock from Luger gets followed up with a shoulder tackle and Flexi Lexi shows us all why he's the total package. An amateur takedown brings Luger down to the mat and Lex is now having problems. Steiner begins hyperextending the arm and Luger had to get to the ropes to break things up. Steiner again brings Lex down to the mat but Lex eventually fires back with a clothesline. A drop down leapfrog sequence ends with Rick grabbing Lex in mid air and Luger gets drilled into the mat hard. Rick drops the elbow afterwards, but Lex kicks out of two. An overhead belly to-belly suplex from Rick then gets delivered, and these are always great to see. Rick had some of the best suplexes in wrestling at the time, and Luger looks at the camera completely dazed and confused as it looks like he's gonna lose this matchup. Rick goes for a belly to-belly suplex, but Luger grabs the ropes. Rick makes his opponent pay with a clothesline, but Luger kicks out a two. Lex gives Rick a taste of his own medicine next, and the crowd pops. A power slam follows. Lex signals for the torture rack. And then, Nick Patrick shows up. Nick screams at Lex that the NWO have shown up backstage and Luger leaves the ring, he also gets counted out so Rick Steiner wins our matchup. Why on earth anyone would trust Nick Patrick at this point is beyond me but yeah, a great match with a poor finish. With that being said, the WWF raw match kinda plodded along so I'm giving this one to WCW Nitro. WWF champion Shawn Michaels cuts a promo next while the NWO launch an attack in the parking area. Spanish commentator Carlos Cabrera is hosting this WWF interview, and that's a real odd choice for sure, there's no explanation why, but yeah, let's just roll with it. Man Games is coming up soon, and HBK is asked about his feelings towards mankind, Carlos takes a little time to ask his questions, and you can see Sean is like, come on man, spit it out, spit it out. HBK wants to talk about Kemp Cornet first of all, HBK says he's taken apart every member of the group except one, and that's Mr. Jim Cornett himself at in your house, super sock jose lothario is gonna take care of Cornette, and jose then cuts a promo on jim, a promo that has to get interrupted because super sock goes absolutely fucking crazy. Sean thinks this is hilarious. Sean says that mankind has been running roughshod lately but that ends now. Sean has more guts than brains and somehow that trait always works out for the heartbreak kid. And then Sean says, at mind games, Sean won't be mankind's mommy, he won't be his friend, Sean is gonna be mankind's daddy at the pay per view. Big daddy Sean. Sean ends the promo by telling mankind that he shouldn't hunt what he can't kill. And that's it. Very very basic stuff here. Ted DiBiase is talking to the mystery man inside the limousine, and we hear Sting's voice. Sting is shouting at DiBiase, and the audio levels are all messed up, almost as if it's a voice recording that's getting played back. Tired of this stuff! This DTA stuff! Don't trust anybody! He's gotta go! You know why? Luger shows up and Lex wants to know where Sting is, what have the NWO done to Luger's best buddy? Well, fuck you Lex Luger because Sting hops out of the limousine and he attacks the total package, Sting has just joined the new world order. Or has he? The stinger runs off to another limousine, while Hogan, DiBiase and DiBiase's chauffeur continue to attack Luger in the pouring rain. Luger begins to fight back and he runs to the limousine that Sting went to, but he can't get in. We go to Bobby Heenan, Mike Tanay, and Eric Bischoff and all three men are in total disbelief. They play it really well here as now it seems that Sting has joined the NWO and all hope is now lost. We get a recap of everything that's happened with the new world order over the past few weeks and when we come back, Bischoff clearly doesn't want to show the footage again of Sting attacking Luger, but the replay rules, and it is worth saying again. It looks like Sting has joined the NWO and so WCW is now looking in real bad shape. This is going to be a point for Monday Nitro. Afterwards, the NWO promoted their t-shirts again. Billy Kidman vs Rey Mysterio is up next on Nitro while the WWF… you know, sometimes I do think, why do I do this? The stalker is of course Barry Windham, and I don't need to explain how unnecessary this all was, but how important was the stalker's debut Not very, because Brian Pillman and Owen Hart appear via split screen, Pillman is talking about the return of Bret Hart at mind games, and Owen Hart says that he and Bret are back on the same page, the Hart brothers have sorted out their problems, and all will be revealed at In Your House. As Wyndham continues to dominate TL Hopper, Jim Ross apologises to the WWF for announcing the return of Diesel and Razor Ramon. Apparently, Ross's announcement last week caused some issues with Razor and Diesel's negotiations, but Ross remains confident in his sources, more will get revealed a little later on. Windham hits a dropkick and Hopper takes a baiting in the corner, Hopper calls for a timeout, but that doesn't work. The stalker puts Hopper on the top turnbuckle, we see a superplex, and our match is over, the stalker wins via pinfall. Barry Windham is awesome, the stalker is not. The commentary team on Nitro are totally deflated as Rey Mysterio does battle with Billy Kidman, nothing like some high flying action to bring the mood up. We get another handshake before the competitors lock up. Kidman gains the early advantage before Rey sends his opponent over the top rope with a Hurricane Rana. Kidman then tries to launch Mysterio into the guardrail, but Mysterio counters it. The cameras totally miss the impact. Rey continues to impress on the outside while Eric Bischoff sounds like he's gonna cry on. Commentary, the commentators are still in shock. Ray goes for a springboard move, but Kidman catches Ray with a drop kick. Billy Kidman then goes upstairs and he hits a big splash, but it only gets a two count. Mysterio goes up and over the top rope, a nice springboard Senton gets delivered, and Ray Mysterio picks up the victory at just 1 minute and 38 seconds. Still, and I hate to say this it was better than the Barry Windham match over on Raw. <laughs> that one really hurts. It's another point for WCW Nitro. Right, what have we got now? Crush versus Freddy Joe Floyd in the Faces of Fear versus The Public Enemy. Thank god for Ming and the Barbarian. Remember, we still have Salvatore Sincere <laughs> in our Raw main event. Freddy joe floyd, who Jerry Lawler calls billy joe ray bob, goes for a waistlock and a bear hug to start this one off but crush takes him out with a headbutt. Floyd gets beaten up in the corner before getting hip tossed to the other side of the ring and crush hits a press slam as clarence mason takes a seat at the commentary desk. Crush then hits a leg drop, it's pretty much all over at this point, but he breaks up his own pin attempt to deliver more punishment. Clarence Mason says he's got a manager license but Kevin Kelly doesn't believe him. Floyd fires back with a crossbody inside the ring but Crush powers out of the follow up pin, sending Floyd into the ropes. A back body drop from Crush comes next and the big man begins removing his vest. Crush then nails his opponent with a hard punch and it's over, Crush wins via pinfall. The best thing about this match was Clarence Mason's little celebration afterwards. Clarence and crush then rip off the two dudes with attitudes as our segment comes to an end. Brutal, absolutely brutal. Well at least we may get to see Ming completely decimate Johnny grunge and rock o rock, so let's remain optimistic. I introduce you to the Ming manly meter, this meter will tell us how manly mings matches are on nitro goes without saying that Ming is the toughest, most feared wrestler of all time, but what about his opponents? Well, tonight, Ming is facing the public enemy, and on the Ming manly meter, the public enemy are about… here I'd say, not very manly, but not quite booty man either. The faces of fear waste no time in blindsiding the public enemy as our match gets underway, Johnny Grunge hesitates when getting whipped into the guardrail and then… You know what, let's just call the public enemy split screen from now on. Ming beats the hell out of grunge on the outside while Rocco Rock botches some moves inside the ropes. The commentators are still crying about Sting joining the NWO as Ming goes back to his corner, thank you Ming. The Dungeon of Doom's Leprechaun shows up and no, that isn't me. This little guy showed up on WCW Saturday night also, so it's kinda weird how the commentators are acting like this guy has never been seen before. This is Braun the Leprechaun, better known as Buddy Lee Parker, or better known as the Sarge to WCW Power Plant Hopefuls. Braun runs around the ring and then he runs back up the entranceway as our match continues. Fucking pointless. The barbarian is absolutely killing Rocco Rock inside the ropes and just as Ming and Johnny Grunge get tagged in, we go backstage for an interview with the 4 horsemen and Lex Luger. The camera completely cuts away so you can say goodbye to our match for a while. In regards to Sting joining the new world order, Arn Anderson says he isn't upset about Lex Luger losing his friend, or team WCW losing a member at wargames. He's upset because the only constant in WCW was Sting, he was the reliable backbone of world championship wrestling, and now he's joined Hulk Hogan. Lex Luger says he has no answers, his best friend just stabbed him in the back, and Luger doesn't want to wait until War Games. he's going back out there to find the stinger. Flair and Anderson say that 4 men will still walk the war games for team WCW, Luger is still welcome to join Flair and Anderson, and if needs be, Mongo or Benoit will make up the numbers. The faces of fear are double teaming Rocko Rock as Nick Patrick gets distracted, a piledriver driver from Ming gets delivered, and when Johnny Grunge breaks up the pin, Ming goes absolutely berserk. Look at this. The Barbarian doesn't even bother tagging in, he goes after Rocko Rock and Patrick tells Ming to get back in his corner. And Patrick's bad officiating comes into play once again when Ming pins Rocko Rock, but Nick completely misses it. Eventually, split screen are able to hit a double face crusher, but that doesn't stop the barbarian putting rock o rock on a table on the outside. We think it's lights out for the public enemy, but the barbarian crashes through the table. Back inside the ropes, flyboy rock o rock keeps up the momentum by hitting a nice moonsault on Ming, sending Ming through a table in the process, but Ming absolutely no-sells it and a fist fight breaks out. When Johnny Grunge begins getting choked out by Ming, Patrick calls for the bell and he gives the victory to the faces of fear. A bit messy with the presentation but still miles better than WWF Raw. The Dungeon of Doom cut a promo next, Jimmy Hart says the giant made a big mistake by joining the NWO. Big Bubba says he's still sick of Glacier and he says Glacier must be afraid to show up. I agree. Conan… wait… Conan? Conan is in the Dungeon of Doom? Alright. Conan throws out a challenge to the NWO because he's sick of seeing their faces in those paid announcement promos. And Kevin Sullivan wants Randy Savage to destroy John Tanta in the main event, saying as the Dungeon of Doom helped Savage to the back following last week's beating so Max Muscle is also standing there with the dungeon of doom, and I honestly can't remember if he was always a member or if he just joined, and really, at this point, I don't care either. John Tenton vs Randy Savage is our nitro main event while the undertaker battles Salvatore sincere. Who is Salvatore Sincere? Well, it's Tom Brandy, former WCW and ECW superstar who captured the ECW tag team championships with Tommy Dreamer. Here in the WWF, he was an Italian heel dressed in white and pink while acting like a kinda slimy smug jobber to the mafia. And I've got nothing else, the guy wasn't totally awful in the ring but the gimmick was bad, seems to be a trend with new wwf superstars lately. What a way to make your raw debut though against the undertaker. The dead man walks to the ring with purpose and Sincere gets punched in the mouth, the undertaker stalks Sincere around the outside of the ring, and the newcomer gets the advantage back inside the ropes. It doesn't last long though, Taker slams the back of his opponents head to the mat, and Sincere gets hoisted in the air, the referee tells the undertaker to stop the chokehold absolute domination from the phenom follows, sincere gets an opportunity to turn things around with an arm drag followed by an arm bar, but the undertaker knocks sincere down with another big punch. The phenom lets salvatore get in more offence and a jawbreaker gets delivered, it's actually surprising how much the undertaker's giving his opponent here, and judging by what's happening inside the ring, you'd guess that this guy was going to get featured a lot more in the coming weeks, it's not very often we see someone getting the upper hand on the undertaker for such an extended period of time. The commentators explain that the undertaker is still feeling the effects of the boiler room brawl, and this is why sincere has led the match so far. We get a split screen interview with goldust where the bizarre one says he'll lay the final curtain over the undertaker at in your house, nothing really remarkable here. We all know that chin locks are not the most original moves here on reliving the war, but sticking your fingers into your opponents nostrils will definitely get you some bonus points, so good job Mr. Sincere, but I'm taking those bonus points right back for sticking those same fingers in your mouth afterwards, you dirty, dirty bastard. Why? What does this prove? Why on earth would- Jim Ross gets asked about Razor Ramon and Diesel, and as The Undertaker tries to mount a comeback, Ross says that the WWF hit a snag when negotiating Razor Ramon's contract, but Diesel's negotiations have been going really well. When Ross gets more information, he's gonna let us know. Sincere power slams the Undertaker and he follows up by slapping the dead man in the face. This, of course, was a mistake. The Undertaker sits up and Sincere gets a shock when the phenom begins his comeback. It's pretty much all done with now. Taker hits a running clothesline. His chokeslam afterwards is pretty impactful. And then we see a tombstone pie that Sincere admittedly sells very well and the undertaker wins our match as raw goes off the air. Again, really surprising seeing the undertaker take such a beating throughout this matchup, I can't really say that I enjoyed the main event all that much though. Easily one of the worst episodes of raw I've sat through during this entire series. I hate to be negative, but I gotta be honest too. John Tenta vs Randy Savage is a bit odd seeing we have two baby faces here but let's see what happens. Savage rushes to the ring but Tenta stops the macho man and Savage takes some punishment in the corner. And Eric Bischoff says that Bobby Heenan accidentally referred to Ming as Haku during the Faces of Fear match, I totally missed this by the way, but Eric has to apologise for Heenan using Ming's old WWF name during this Nitro broadcast. This was all due to the the WWF's lawsuit against WCW for portraying Nash and Hall as WWF invaders. Savage fights out of the corner but his body slam attempt is unsuccessful, Tenta hits a dropkick but it gets absolutely no pop whatsoever. Savage then attacks Tenta with a steel chair on the outside, but the referee does not call for a disqualification. A double x handle from the macho man finds its mark. And then savage hits a diving elbow. When savage hits a second elbow drop, Teddy Long shows up to tell the macho man that the NWO is causing problems backstage. Savage leaves the ring so John Tenta wins via countout, just like the Luger match. A limousine drives away from savage in the parking area but the other NWO limo is still parked up. Other WCW superstars come out as Savage finds some spray paint inside the vehicle, and the limo ends up getting spray painted by these WCW guys. Problem is, it's raining pretty heavy and the paint job looks very, very weak. Back at the arena, the horsemen take over the commentary desk, and Double A says that he, Flair, Ole Anderson and Tully Blanchard paved the way for WCW. Hulk Hogan wanted to be a horseman and because he couldn't cut the mustard, he surrounded himself with every thug he could find. Arne says he never expected Sting to join Hogan, but if Sting walks out as the fourth man at war games, then it's game over for the icon. Flair says Sting joining the NWO makes absolutely no difference, the horsemen are walking into war games and Hogan will not leave North Carolina alive. Raw and Nitro provided very different main events, with the WWF focusing on in-ring action, while Nitro focused on the final build towards War Games. This could go either way as neither was awfully good, but honestly, I was more interested in Nitro and the stuff going on with the NWO and the horsemen, so I gotta go with WCW Nitro again. Well, that's one episode of Raw you don't need to watch and honestly, Nitro wasn't much better but in comparison to the WWF show, Nitro blew Raw away this week. Nitro wins this episode of reliving the war, meaning our overall scores are now 17 points to Raw, 25 points to Nitro and we're on 6 ties. Nitro wins in the television ratings once again with a 3.7 while Raw scored a 2.4. Next week we take a look at the fall brawl results and we see what happens with the man called sting. While over on Monday Night Raw, we'll see the semi-finals of the IC title tournament, including that Psycho Sid vs Farouk match. Thank you so much for joining me this week on reliving the war and take care.